Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. After major setbacks to President Joe Biden's green agenda over the last 18 months and the Supreme Court's massive climate ruling last Thursday, climate advocates are relying on a somewhat old, somewhat new strategy to get climate action done, shifting their attention to states. Environmentalists and many of their Democratic allies are starting to shift their focus to state capitals, a strategy they employed with some success during the Trump era. It's also a strategy they didn't really emphasize as much during the Biden administration. So today, I check in with Politico Zach Coleman about the strengths and limitations of this strategy and some other ways environmentalists, Democrats, and the president can get climate action done. It's Tuesday, July 5th. Zach, you report environmentalists are ready to bail on D.C. and the federal government, instead focus very much on promoting climate action to happen in the states. So what explains this strategy? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, this is not a complete abandonment of Washington, D.C. There's still going to be a big push on Capitol Hill for this reconciliation package with billions of dollars of climate investment. So they're not giving up there. But what they're doing is looking ahead because this Supreme Court decision reigning in EPA's ability to regulate climate change in some way was expected for months. And then also, you just have to look at the poll numbers for the Democratic Party in Congress. They're not great. And the same for the president. In historical precedent is that the new president's party suffers in the midterms the first time around. So if you're just looking at those tea leaves, the environmental community has already been thinking about how do we continue to have an impact is probably going to have to be outside of Washington after November. Right. And so this is kind of like a back to the states vibe a little bit, because we know that states were really where everything was happening in the Trump administration because they weren't very interested in federal action on climate change. So how is this strategy different, though? It does seem like there's a bit of a new emphasis on making inroads in purple states outside places we usually think of, like California and New York. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, think about the Trump election in and of itself. That was a shock. I don't think a lot of environmentalists predicted that, even if they started to fear it towards the end. So there wasn't really a game plan there. They crafted it out of thin air, and it was to show that, yeah, there's still some states who actually care about climate change, even though we have a federal government that doesn't. And so they got the ones that were easy, New York, California, a lot of the bluer states, And now you realize that this is not just a Trump thing. You know, Trump is out of office and we have this Supreme Court that is very conservative, doesn't have a huge environmental bone. It's just one of those things where you've got to think about how do you change the chessboard? And the only way that you're really going to be able to do that is if you're going to flip some purple states into more consistent blue states, because that right now, you know, Republicans have a structural advantage in the Senate. And as long as they maintain that, it's going to be hard to pass consistent, durable climate policy. And certainly it's going to be even harder to put more federal judges on the bench that can defend those policies as they work their way through the court system. So you're really starting to see them tap into this organizing 
civic energy at the local and state level in places like Arizona, North Carolina, Georgia, even the upper Midwest like Michigan and Wisconsin, where there are a lot of state legislatures that are pretty red, but they can still elect federal lawmakers that end up being Democrats. So they just want to make that a smoother, easier path every time rather than having to really dig deep and gut out a Raphael Warnock or John Ossoff every six years. So even if environmentalists are successful in expanding that map and bringing in some purple states who pursue climate action, that of course leaves you know some red states who we would imagine fossil fuel reliant states that might still be very reluctant. So where where does this state push leave the U.S. in terms of being able to meet President Biden's aggressive emissions goals? So what are the limitations of the strategy? The limitations are if you rely on just those states that were the response to President Trump's election, then you're just not going to get to President Biden's goals. The math isn't there. There have been a number of analyses during the Trump era that even demonstrated that. At that time, it was to say, look, we can still do a lot. But now, several years on, and looking at the political math for the next couple of years, that ends up being a drag. It says, look, this is all we can do. So you're going to have to push into these other states that weren't part of that initial resistance response to Trump. And it's still going to have to require some federal policy. And I don't think that environmentalists or Democrats are giving up on that either. They're going to push the EPA to do what it can, probably something more durable through the authorities that the Supreme Court left fully intact, which is to keep regulating on public health standards, which you know will get at a lot of the air pollution that comes from dirty fuels that also contribute to climate change. But it is an indirect, suboptimal way to get greenhouse gas emission reductions. It'll be costlier than doing it the way that Democrats wanted to do, but that the Supreme Court said is not a possible way to do it. And you know, Josh, we actually ended up covering a lot of that ground in a story that we did about what the Biden administration can still do to achieve its climate goals. And you know, you did a little bit of this reporting. So what are some of the things that you found? Yeah, so that's right. I think your emphasis on states is smart, but there are other avenues, as you mentioned. And I think all eyes will be on reconciliation here when lawmakers return from July 4th. There's a couple-week window before August recess. And if it's possible for the urgency around these clean energy tax credits to be increased, I think that happened after the SCOTUS decision. And we know that Senator Manchin and Schumer have been engaged in consistent talks. So I would expect that to continue and emphasis to remain there. And then, of course, you mentioned that there's still some belief that EPA still has authorities on regulating greenhouse gases. They could be creative. We've seen, you know, Administrator Regan, this administration, say that they're going to be creative and that they can take this holistic approach and that they're not closing any doors there. So I think there are still avenues. But as we reported in that story, even if, you know, reconciliation passed right, that does not, and it's not everything. I mean, they've already had to shrink their ambitions within that. So they need to really rely on, on the full toolbox. Also, the Biden administration has been approving permits to drill for oil on federal land at a faster clip than the Trump administration did over a comparable period. That's according to new data from the Bureau of Land Management released last Friday. Overall, the Biden administration has approved 40% more permits to drill on public land in its first year and a half in office compared to what the Trump administration approved in that same time. The data comes as Biden has been fighting Republican attacks, blaming him for the rise in fuel prices. At the same time, 
environmental groups have said his administration hasn't gone far enough to curb production of fossil fuels that are driving climate change. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Wednesday. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.